Welcome to our confirmation service. Today we celebrate our entrance into the church as full members. Confirmation is a process of learning the basic teachings of faith and responding to the call Jesus has made on our lives. Today we will say our confirmation vows proclaiming our willingness and our hope to live for Christ in our world. We will begin this service by sharing with you some of the symbols and their meanings in our sanctuary. We place upon our altar the empty cross, the symbol of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. placed on the right side of the altar represents Jesus Christ our Lord. The candle placed on the left side of our altar represents the gospel or good news given to us by God. The Bible is the story of God's people. In it are the words of God. We United Methodists believe that scripture is a primary resource for forming our faith. The kneeling bench represents our prayers. God listens and hears the prayers of each of us. Today we will kneel and offer our lives to God. Please pray that he finds us worthy. Baptism is the entrance into the Christian world. At baptism, we proclaim our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. Water represents new life in Christ, and that baptism symbolizes washing away of our old lives of sin and sadness. Today, for the first time, some of us will say our baptismal vows, while others of us will affirm our baptismal vows in the moment of our confirmation. We ask today not only the baptism that comes through water, but also the baptism of God's Holy Spirit.
the brightly burning flame of right candle represents the light of the world that God gives us in Jesus Christ. We are glad that you have come to worship and join in our confirmation service. I ask you now to rise and greet each other. Our scripture this morning comes from the seventh chapter of Matthew's gospel. And this is a parable that uh, Jesus told right after he preached an entire sermon on the mount. And this is the parable that, of course, we begin our sermon series on the parables of Jesus with. And, of course, I think this is a great one because it helps us establish our foundation. This is the parable of the house on the rock and the house on the sand. So I'll be reading from Matthew seven twenty four through 29. These are the words of Jesus. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had, been, had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Let's pray together for Pastor Mike. Lord Jesus, we know that we have many choices when we really only two matter, the choice to either build our lives upon these words or the choice to turn away from them. And we know today, Lord, that a man is coming to preach this message who's chosen to build his life on your words. And we ask today that as Pastor Mike shares this message with us, that it would inspire us to do the same. God, may Mike be filled with your Holy Spirit, and may his words be your words. And we ask today that you would give each of us here, your church, ears to hear what you would speak to us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, this has started out to be kind of a magnificent day in worship, huh? You guys nailed it. You guys did awesome. And uh, Jesus did marvelous. So here we go. I want to remind you to come back tonight to the unveiling of our building plans or our preliminary architect plans. And and then I want to go right into this because uh, our service today concludes with the confirming of these and the welcoming them into the community of our faith. And so uh, as I teach the gospel, I don't want to slow anything down from that because here's what this is about. This is what confirmation is about, and I don't know if you can see where you're at, but on, on the altar rail, there are, uh, in front of them, there's their confirmation certificate, but there's also a cross in flame, and they all stand upon a new Bible that they're getting, life application Bible that the church, that you give them. And, and I, at this service and at 11 o'clock, we're going to confirm our entire class that you see listed in those bulletins. And next service at 945, we're going to give all of our second graders their first Bible from the church for the simple point to give them, and that's what confirmation's all been about, and when we give the Bibles and teach Sunday school to our second graders, the whole point about all that is to give them foundations upon which they can build their Christian lives. 
That's what this is all about for you and for them. So as Keith said, we're going to launch a series on the parables and we're launching some small group moments and these are the, 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 the pieces that they're going to look to chew at and to, to grow their lives and build their lives together around some of these teachings. And, and the parables we use are, are, are not without a plan, they're not without a plot, but as C.L. Dodd uh, said years ago, parables are earthly stories, little tiny earthly stories with heavenly meanings. They make a point. They're clear. They're simple. They're truth so simple, a child can understand. I learned this parable singing it before I could read it. Did you? The wise man built his house upon the rock. You heard that one? The wise man built his house. You know, the rains come down, and the waters come up, and the house on the rock stood firm. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house. The rain came down and the waters came up. The rain came down, the waters came up. And this is what we used to do in Bible school downstairs. And the house on the sand went... (laughs) Right? It's so simple to understand that this message is not hard that Jesus is given to us to understand. So why are there so many problems with the interpretation of the parables. It's because they're so personal. They are so clear. They they tell us exactly where to be and who. And so rather than focus on the fact that there were two houses built, let's focus on the builders. This parable is probably wisely known as the parable of the wise and foolish builder. The, the, The parable is really about two different kinds of people, people that have several shared characteristics. Both heard, both heard the word of Jesus. They heard the word of faith. They heard the word that that said to them, come to me and believe in me. They heard the word of repentance that if you repent of your sins, you shall be forgiven and give new life. They both heard that. They both built their lives in proximity to each other. When you look at that story, it doesn't say that Jesus said, well, one built way over here and one built way over here. What he does say is one built on the rock, one built on the sand, and the same flood, the same storm affected both of them. The water rose where both of their houses were, but it had a very different effect on the houses of their lives. They built their houses based on what their perspective of Jesus' words were how much they cared to listen. I I remember, and you guys will be in this case sometime soon, I hope. Years ago, uh, here, we went on a mission trip and with the senior high students to Nashville, Tennessee, and I was with them. And at one point, we had, we had taken a house, we had rehabbed it, and the first day, we put the drywall up. The second day, we finished it. The third day, we painted it. And on the fourth day, we got to hang the trim in the house, the whole house. And I was working with Ben and Kyle. And Kyle was a very good carpenter. And, and Kyle was making sure all the pieces were cut right. And he'd go hold it up at the closet. And he held it up. And then he said to Ben, nail it up. Nail this trim piece up around the closet. And Ben had been granted by us an air nailer. So Ben went, boom, 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 every inch. Four hundred and fifty nails holding that trim on. 
Kyle walks in and said, what are you doing, Ben? He says, I'm doing what you told me to do. But they saw a different perspective. They applied what they knew and what Ben knew and what Kyle knew were different things. And, and when we talk about personalities, that responsibility of knowing comes to us because the builder's choice of whether to build on sand or on rock had to do with applying what they know. So uh, let's talk about what building on sand means. Sand is ever-changing. It never stays the same. If you were to go to the Great Sand Dunes Mountains, uh, Great Sand Dunes National Park in our southwest United States, you would find two maps in the visitor center. And they're both correct. One map is from 1950, and it's a topographical map of the dunes, and it points to a certain place and said, this is the high dune. It's 800 feet tall. This is the high dune. And yet, right beside it is the 2010 map, and it points to a different dune as the highest dune. Why? Because the sand keeps moving. The dune that was once the highest is not high anymore. The, the dune that used to be lower is now the highest dune. Sand moves around all the time. And likewise, a, a life that's built upon sandy soil such as it was is no, has no permanence. We hear the gospel, those who build on sandy school soil. But instead of believing it, instead of ingesting it in their spirits, those folks follow God on their own terms. Some of us are here, I understand that. But ultimately, if you follow the gospel on your own terms, the religion is the religion of you, not Christianity. They are the foundation of their own lives. And none of us here can save souls. It's based on personal preferences. The foundations of my life is, is me or my, what my preferences are, what my inclinations are, what my interests are. And I have to tell you that's a very narrow focus. Now the good news is not for the people that, that believe that way. The good news is for people that sell them stuff because it's great for sales if you have a new wisdom, new philosophies, new self-help books, new all this kind of stuff coming all the time. Because you've got to create new stuff for every new me and you can sell this, that, and the other thing and you can categorize it and put it the way you want to. You hear this all the time and I want to give you a phrase that's really current. I know he's talked about it before and I say it, we'll say it again. You, you'll be in the culture, you'll be at work somewhere, you'll be with you know, one of your friends or whatever and, and you'll say, do you believe in God? And they'll say this. this is, I, 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 you've heard this more than once. Well, they say, well, yeah, kind of. I'm spiritual but not religious. In the hand of your soul, raise it up right now if you've ever heard that. You ever heard that? I'm spiritual, but not religious. You, you've, you've heard that. That, that. That's some way that they're saying, well, there's more out there than I can see, but I'm only going to go as far as my comfort allows me. I, I, I'm not going to go on any real spiritual quest because if I go on a real spiritual quest and if I really plumb the, the depths of scriptures, if I really spend all my time in prayer, I might find an answer that I do not like to some of the questions I have of life. I might find some teaching of scripture that is in dissonance or different from what I would like to do. I want to follow my own way. And therefore, of course, when you say I'm spiritual but not religious, it means you're not connecting with others. You have a religion of one. You can't really have any community in that, which is what the church of Jesus Christ feels we do our best work is when we're in community but when you're in a religion of one your faith is in yourself and the Bible then is a, a book that's only a word that's open for in quotes my 
interpretation. And I have noticed in those friends of mine that are spiritual but not religious, religious as they interpret Scripture, I'm noticing that all of their interpretations of Scripture are pretty favorable to the behaviors that they have. It's pretty favorable to the things and thought process that they have. And it's kind of as if they said, well, if it feels good, I'll affirm it. But if, if it does not feel good, then, then, then there's unacceptable circumstances. Then I'm going to take the word and I'm going to bend it to match me rather than bending ourselves to match it. And the truth gets pretty wiggly here. It gets pretty slippery here. And that's pretty convenient because truth, or whatever that means for them, is negotiable. The problem is the truth that is taught in the Bible needs no interpretation. If you read the parable of of the wise builders here, it doesn't need really a lot of interpretation. It says exactly what it means to say. Follow these words and you'll be right. Truth is what truth is. Truth is what truth says. But the world has so many words out there. So many people that are seeking to build their lives find sandy places and they build on their own truth. Which is a way of saying, I am the king. I am the king of my world. I'm going to have culturally relevant behavior. I'm going to base my life on having self-will and, and doing the things I need to do. I'm going to base my life on having self, being self-sufficient, being the king of my own area, my own physical, spiritual, moral area. But you see how fast those all play out if you're in a religion of one. I'm going to just push for self-satisfaction. People that see me will see that I have a full life. Not only do I have lots of things, but I seem like a happy person. And I'm going to be self-righteous, which is to say I'm going to use correct behavior. I'm going to fit in with the culture. I'm going to be liked by those that come into contact with me. And I warn all of you guys that are sitting in this front row, all year long, your teachers have taught you not to base your life on sandy soil, but to base your life on the rock of Jesus Christ. Because the religion that, that is based nowhere but yourself has no power to save souls. It's the easy, least difficult way. And of course, people like that. But people build houses on the sand because it's easy. It's, it's less difficult. It, it doesn't take any, a lot of commitment. It doesn't take sacrifice. It doesn't take faith. A few weeks ago, I was preaching in another church. All young people. Like when Pastor Mike walked in, in his mid-50s, he like increased the average age of the attenders by about 20. There's 150 of them in there. I'm not kidding you, man. I, I thought maybe I was going to need a walker and somebody to carry me up the steps since they were so young. I didn't have a single tattoo and no earrings, so I knew it was out of place. But you know why they brought me? They brought me because what Keith said was true. I have built my entire life on the rock that is the foundation of the scriptures of Jesus Christ. And so I came to them and I said to these guys, I said, I I didn't say kids to a 35-year-old, but I said, guys, when you just base your lives around the things you want to do, it takes no sacrifice, no commitment, and you are not Christian unless, now listen to this, you're offering at least four of these things. I call them the four T's. If you're, you're a Christian, if you offer your time to Jesus Christ and the community of his church, you're a Christian if you offer the talents that God has given you to build up the church and the community of believers in some way. You, you are a Christian if you take your mouth and the words of it because of the way your spirit is falling and use your talk to make the lives of those around you better because you know Jesus. And you are a Christian if you take the treasures that you've gotten, and many of us are carrying those in our back 
back pockets and our wallets and our satchels and pocketbooks and all that and offer that to the betterment of the community. Because nobody does those kind of things unless their house is built on a very strong thing. But for the people that are built on sandy soil, the sandy souls, they want quick results. They want rewards. They want pleasures. They want satisfaction. They want the church to say what they want it to say. To affirm what they're doing, whether it's based in Scripture or not. And if it is not, next week they're going to be something else, but not Methodist. Don't do that, guys. Ultimately, this is a faith. If you build on sandy souls, that is of self, not of God. It's misguided. That religion is not Christianity because it has no depth of foundation in a person's life. It cannot help you in the midst of the crud, the crud that happens to you in middle school or high school. It cannot help you in the midst of the storms that come to you in life. When the foundation is not deep, it has no lasting value. So... Let's build our lives upon the rock. So what is rock? I'm going to go fast so I can get you guys confirmed, all right? They're all saying, well, we don't usually say amen, Pastor Mike, but okay, amen, right? (laughs) Rock is stable. It's it's never changing. It always stays the same. One of my favorite hikes is right outside Moab, uh, Utah. And I've taken it a dozen times or so in my life. And every time I park my car at the little trailhead and I walk the six miles into Corona Arch, it's always there. Unlike the sand dunes that shift all the time, Corona Arch is always there. It hasn't moved. I've never put a geocache on it or a GPS tracker, but it's always in the same place. It's always where I remember it for the last time because it's rock. And when we say, build your house upon the rock, what we're saying is, hear the gospel and believe it in such a way that you want to build your whole life on it. Everything about your life, you want to build right on the truth. That you want to embrace it. That you want to be yield to it. That you want to be, you want to be, transformed by it and I'll tell you this the rock is the hard way guys you guys are in I know one of you in high school other in junior high you want to follow Jesus you want to build your life on the rock it's going to be the hard way because there's so many temptations out there there's so many difficulties out there there's so many things that people are doing and saying to drag you away to say hey it's an easier way over here than to be a Christ follower There's an easier way over here in your personal life because following Jesus, it's just hard because it doesn't match the effortless laziness, the normal stuff that goes on in your lives and your schools. Jesus' teaching says there's a wide path and that's the path a lot of people are going on and it leads to destruction. But there's a narrow way and it's the best way and it's hard and it's difficult but it leads to life and life eternal. Follow that. He says build your life on the rock not on the sand. But the hard way is a way of sacrifice because there's going to be parties, you know, in high school that you're not going to be able to go to. In quotes, all of your friends, I hope not all of them, hopefully you can manufacture some good friends are going to be there, but you're going to know it's the wrong thing to do. There's going to be things that people are saying about other people that you say, that's the wrong thing to say. And there's going to be people that are bringing beliefs or other things, and you say, that's not right. But if you go the hard way, I can tell you this. It has endurance. It's stable. And it can stand the storms of life that are coming to you and you, you. Jesus' words are not just cute little poems. 
Jesus' words are founded on forever principles. There's a scripture in the, in the Bible where it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means everything in the world might change, but he does not. And how he does not change is in a couple of scriptures is this. In John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. That's a narrow path. And you're called to it. And he also says in the same gospel, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. He says that for me and you and all who come after us so that we might know that he alone can save souls. And Jesus is one of the, you remember that retreat we had where we studied the Trinity? We learned that God comes to us and shows himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Father that creates everything. Jesus, our Redeemer, that, that gives us new life and the sustainer that, that, that keeps things going in the Holy Spirit from eternity to eternity. And the choice of receiving that, the choice of receiving the benefits of God is always there for us and it's always up to us. It's spoken to everyone demanding a personal response. And the Holy Spirit is always a gentleman. In a moment, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your lives. That you might receive him. To receive salvation, not condemnation. Because that's what's offered. When you receive Jesus Christ and you base your life on him. Your burdens are not heaped on you. They're taken from you. This is what Christ promises. But the choice is always yours. And every choice you make comes with consequences. Whether it's ordering from a restaurant or picking your way of life, every choice comes with consequences. And there are consequences upon what you build your life upon. They're much more important. And what you build your spiritual life on, what you build the house of your life on, is a matter of your personal choice. I've never known anybody that built a house that meant for it to fall down. They don't. I've never met anybody that was doing stuff in their life that says, you know, if I just do this, my life will fall apart. But lives do fall apart. Many are short-sighted. And the house of their life collapses when the storms of lives come. Because their foundation is not deep. Because here's what I know. You guys are 14 and 15. Maybe a few 13-year-olds in here. You don't completely know this, but the adults can tell you this. There's a storm coming. There's a storm coming in your life. And the house of your life is right in its path. And only those homes built on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ on the word of God will be able to withstand that storm and the others that can come to it. We know that's true. I've got a family right here in this congregation right now that this bouquet over here represents that they lost their dad, their husband this week. That's a storm. And they're here today because their lives were based on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. That is a storm when you lose someone in your life like that. There's storms coming at your lives. There's storms coming at your lives too. And your foundation will stand if you build yourself on the word of God. So here's how. Make sure you hear the word of God and know its truth. Hear it and know its truth. That's why we give you brand new ones today. Know the word of God. Hear its truth. You won't fall into it. You won't just miraculously know the word of God. You can't take it home and lay that underneath your pillow today and say, oh, I have a bright new confirmation Bible. Pastor Mike and and Keith gave it to us. I'm going to lay it under my pillow and I'm going to know it by the morning. That's not how it works for any of us. 
You have to hear it preached. You have to, even when you start drifting off when Pastor Keith or I are talking, even when you start saying, is Pastor Mike ever going to stop? You've got to listen to the word of God that's preached. You've got to read it. You've got to study it. And those of us here, regardless of our age, we have ways that we can marinate ourselves in it. I listen to podcasts every day. Some people love art. We have a couple radio stations. Listen to it. Allow the word to work on you. Hear the truth and then act on the truth. Make sure you do the word of God. Because doing makes the difference. Act in truth. I can tell you this. Your parents will not always tell me that you act on the words they give you. Amen, parents? Every parent in here has probably said this to one of you. Did you hear a word of what I just said? (laughs) And the answer is, we heard it, Mom. But we didn't hear it well enough to act on it. Hearing the word means you act on it. People hear what Jesus is teaching, but if it's not applied, it's not heard. That's the difference between sandy, sandy souls and souls that are built on the rock of life. People who know Jesus, guys, hear into his truth. You hear this every week at 412. People who know Jesus hear and do the truth regardless of the circumstances because circumstances in your life are like sand they're going to change every day but if you're founded on something strong you're going to move nowhere from jesus because this we know to be true every one of us is building if you woke up today and everybody that's here woke up today or need to be woken now Every one of you that are here is building a new piece on the house of your life. You're putting a new plank in. You're, you're finishing some corner. And what matters is, how's your foundation? Is your foundation shallow and connected and just connected to your best hopes and whatever you want to do in your life? Or is it deep and anchored in the very rock of life? Today, I'm going to stand behind here and for these ones that are in the front row. I'm going to place my hands along with their parents, along with Pastor Keith, on their, and along with their teachers on them. And we're going to say their name, and I'm going to say these words. The Holy Spirit worked through you, that being born of the water and the Spirit, you may always remain a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. What we're saying to them, and what I hope you affirm in your life, and it's printed right in your bulletin if you don't remember the words, is that you will build your life on the rock of Jesus Christ and anchor your lives in His eternity. That's what all this is about. That's what confirmation is about. That's what Sunday school's about, is giving your lives the opportunity to have a great foundation. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, I share that with you as your confirmation message.